Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. You are listening to episode number 64, Tips for Dealing with a Chatty Class. Now, I am a member of quite a lot of Facebook groups, and what I'm seeing posted many, many times, almost daily, is that a lot of teachers are dealing with a chatty class, and that is probably one of the most frustrating things as a teacher. You're trying to get your students to learn all the things, complete all the activities, but instead they just want to talk and talk and talk some more despite everything you have tried. So if your class is extra talkative or chatty this year and you're just not sure how to deal with it, you are not alone. It can be very frustrating, but don't worry, there are some ways to handle a chatty class without losing your mind. So the first thing you wanna do is set clear expectations. So you wanna deal with how is your classroom management structured? Have you set clear expectations for your class? Do they know exactly when it's okay to talk and when it's not to? I would suggest creating a list of all the times they can talk and not talk, and then make sure your class knows those times. Lee from the Appalachian teacher suggests having a double-sided sign that says talking, and on the other side it says no talking that's displayed in the classroom. This can be really helpful if you're in a lower primary grade, like kindergarten, first grade, even second grade. And I've also seen teachers that use push lights to signal the talking levels. So they put the levels on their whiteboard and then they stick the push lights next to them. And you can find these usually at the dollar store. And then they just push the appropriate light next to the level their class is supposed to be on at that time. It's just a very nice visual reminder of when they should be talking or how loudly they should be talking during activities. In my class, I have a voice level poster that's displayed in my room that is levels 0, 1, 2, and 3. And I've explained very clearly to my class what exactly a zero looks like versus a three, what's a one or a two, and we've practiced it, we've modeled it, we've done many examples of it so that they are very clear on how to use the voice levels because some kids actually have a hard time whispering, right? I have one kid, he's the smallest little thing and he has got some volume on him and he just doesn't seem to know any other level but a loud level. And sometimes that's just how some of the kids are. So you do have to work with them quite a bit to get them to be able to 
talk and what would be considered a whisper for them. And sometimes we just have to be okay with it, not being our version of a zero or a whisper voice. Okay, so along with my voice level posters, I also have the champs expectations for each activity. So that is about the activity level, what's the movement, what's the sound going to be like, and that's displayed at the front of my whiteboard, right up front in my class. So the students are not only aware of the voice level, but they also are um, aware of when they can get out of their seat or not, when they can interrupt me. Champs is great for that. So if you haven't heard of that before, I recommend checking that out. I believe it is part of whole brain teaching. Okay, so whenever a new student joins your classroom, the dynamics shift. And I've experienced this in the last two weeks, getting two different new students. And every time it just kind of upsets the balance of your classroom a little bit. So you want to make sure that you're reviewing the expectations that you have for your whole class for the new student. And it's also a great time to provide a refresher for the rest of the class to let them know These are expectations. Remember, these are what you want to follow so that our new friend has a very clear example and we're not showing them the wrong things that are happening in our classroom. So once you've looked at and made sure you have very clear expectations, the next thing to do is incorporate some positive reinforcement within your classroom. Now, I am not a big fan, and I've talked about this before, of having tangible rewards, but I do think it's important to have some kind of reinforcement for students, especially in K2. So when students are following the rules and they're staying on task, you want to praise and acknowledge them for their efforts. And this is going to encourage them to continue the positive behavior and discourage all the excessive talking that is driving you batty. (laughs) So I like to use Whole Brain Teaching's scoreboard to collect points for positive behavior. And you use your clear expectations and you let your class know exactly what behavior is going to earn points on the scoreboard. And I've talked about the scoreboard before, but just a really quick overview is that you have a teacher versus students, or you can say class versus students, however you want to set it up. But essentially, you are playing against each other. You can also break your class into two groups and do it that way as well, if you prefer. And it's simply whoever is exhibiting the behavior you're looking for at the time earns a point, and whoever has the most points at the end of the time frame you decided earns something. And it can be something very simple as um, like a socks off in the classroom, or not socks, but shoes off in the classroom. (laughs) Socks would be a bit much, but shoes off in the classroom. Maybe you want to do a quick recess break or a drawing time, maybe 10 minutes of free drawing. It doesn't have to be anything huge, but just enough to give them that incentive to be like, hey, this was fun. Let's try to get it again. Another thing you can try is called quiet critters. Now, quiet critters have been around for years and for really good reason. They work. (laughs) So students love working quietly for the incentive of a quiet critter to join their desk. And a quiet critter is really just a pom-pom with a googly eye or two stuck on it. 
and maybe some kind of sticker for the feet, such as a heart foam sticker. And then you have a little quiet critter. You can also purchase them commercially now. I believe Lake Shore Learning has some. I believe I saw them at Walmart. So if you just Google quiet critters, you'll see a bunch of different stores that offer them that you can purchase. Okay, so the secret to getting it to work all is all in how you present the idea to the class. So you're going to show them the jar of quiet critters. You're going to tell them that they frighten very easily if it's noisy. And they are allowed to visit you until they get scared. If the quiet critter is scared, they return to the jar or they can go to someone else's desk where they will be babysat from somebody else. So they're kind of losing it and their neighbor is getting it instead. You can read more about how this works from a sunny day in first grade and I will post that in the blog post notes. And you can also go to shareteaching.com and find it there under the newest episodes under podcast. So shareteaching.com forward slash podcast, or you can look specifically under teacher and find this blog post as well. Okay, so after critter, quiet critters, you want to try something called blurt beans. And you don't want to try all these things at one time, but kind of choose one, work with it for a few weeks, see if it works, try another thing. So blurt beans, I've also talked about before, and it is another tried and true positive reinforcement tool. You just simply get a large amount of dried beans and two jars. You're gonna decide as a class on three class-wide incentives. What are you working towards to earn as your rewards? Can be something that's very easy, and then you wanna pick something that's harder to obtain that you don't do very often. So maybe something like free recess, and then the hardest reward might be a movie day or a glow stick party or something like that. So you're going to label the jar with your incentives, and the easier incentives go on the bottom, the harder ones go on top, and you kind of decide which level you want them at. Do you want the first incentive to be super easy to get? Then you put it very low on the jar. If you want the biggest incentive to be really hard, you could put it very near the top, or you can just evenly space them out on each third of the jar. You're going to start the day with five beans for each student. Now, you can either give each student their own beans to keep out on their desk, or you can just set them aside in a pile that is the beans for the day. Now, as students blurt out, they're going to lose a bean each time, and they have to put it in the holding container. The beans left that students have at the end of the day go into the reward jar, and when the class reaches that marked incentive, they earn it. So super simple to do, very easy, very cheap, I might add, I like those kind of incentives, and that will get your students recognizing how often they are shouting out. Now, if they are losing all their beans consistently, because it is a whole class reward, you would still offer them that reward when the class earns it, but You might want to start doing some kind of note home, telling parents that, okay, again today, they lost all their beans, so that the parents are aware of how many times this is happening. Okay, so 
After you've looked at positive reinforcement and clear expectations, you want to find a way to keep students engaged. So when you're dealing with a chatty class, you really want to look at that class engagement. Are students being given the opportunity to talk during lessons or activities? And what percentage are you talking versus the students? Depending on how you've set up your class, this could be a reason why they're so chatty. So you want to make sure you're using a variety of teaching methods, including visual aids or anchor charts, group work, and interactive lessons. You want to ask questions and encourage the students to have discussion, but you also want to make sure to set boundaries and keep the conversations focused on the lesson, maybe incorporating some sentence stems so students know how to respond to a question or how to hold a group discussion. I've noticed a difference in off-task talking when I started incorporating more group work in my own classroom this year. They really like those times where they get to talk and complete things as partners or as small groups. Now, I also love to do something in my class called Good Things, which I talked about in my blog post, Classroom Management Quick Wins, which is also blog post or uh, podcast episode number 41. So if you haven't listened to that, you might want to take a listen to that one after this. So episode 41, and it's called Classroom Management Techniques, and it's four quick wins. So I believe it's number four where I discuss good things. You want to scroll all the way down to the bottom of that post or fast forward to the end of the episode, although there's some good tidbits in there. So you might want to just listen to the whole thing, right? So good things is a way to start off your class with building relationships, but it also gives students a way to tell me about themselves. When students are feeling valued and respected, they are more likely to behave well in the classroom. So if they are not respecting you, why in the world would they respect your rules about not talking over you and things like that, right? So it only takes five minutes and it reduces a lot of those lesson interruptions. And you know the kind. I get these almost every day from a certain student. (laughs) They raise their hand, and you think they're going to have the answer to the question, but instead, they want to tell you about their cousin that came over yesterday or what they had for lunch, right? So this opportunity to have good things right in the beginning of the day is offering students a chance to share a little bit about their lives, and it's not academic at all, and it just gives you a better way to get to know the students. Okay. Last but not least is you want to stay calm and consistent, which I know isn't the easiest thing to say when you're dealing with a chatty class, but it is important. You don't want to lose your temper or become frustrated. So instead, you're going to take a deep breath and you can continue to remind students of the clear expectations that you have set for your classroom. You're going to follow through with your consequences and you're going to be consistent and you will see results. So creating anchor charts for your expectations can be really helpful for students and for you to help remain consistent. So I talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the episode. You wanna list with your class and have them brainstorm with you. Make this a class activity where you're talking about the times they can talk and the times they should be listening. Make sure everybody in the class is on the same page before you begin with one of the strategies I mentioned in the beginning of this post, like the, critter, the quiet 
critters, that's so hard to say, <laughs> and the blurt beans. Okay? Before you start giving incentives for being quiet, you want to show them what that looks like and when they need to be quiet, right? And then the more clear you are, the easier it is to reward students for following your expectations. So by using these tips and tricks, you can improve your classroom management skills and reduce talking in the classroom. So remember to set those clear expectations, use positive reinforcement, engage your students in the lessons, make sure they are talking as well, not just you, and you're going to stay calm and consistent. And also don't forget that building relationships with your students is the key to having a class that is responsive to your expectations. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if you are feeling like you need a little bit more help with your classroom management, maybe these techniques just aren't going to help, or maybe you just don't have a clear plan set in place, then I encourage you to check out my course called Classroom Management Adventure. It's going to help you design the classroom of your dreams, and better, you can repeat the course Each year you're teaching because your expectations will change, your classes will change, what you need from them changes, and being able to tweak and fine-tune your classroom management plan each year is essential to making sure that you have the classroom that you are really wanting. So it is $29, which is an amazing bargain. It has five different units. 25 videos where I walk you through all of the things you need to set up this classroom management plan that is tailored for you, not for what your neighbor down the hall is doing, but it's going to work for you because you are creating it with my guidance. And it is, if you're interested, classroom or sorry, sharedteaching.com forward slash classroom dash management dash adventure. And I will be sure that that is in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and stay tuned for a new episode every Wednesday. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. Podcast.